fact, I said it before and I'll say it again. That scene, that last scene. What does it mean? I'm the dude, you know? Get the fuck out of here. No, I cannot. That final scene starts now. Hello, hello, welcome back to that final scene. My name is Sophie. That is the obligatory, like, I have <laughs> one, I have one chance of looking at the camera. The and awkward that's, stare down the lens. The, yeah, I have to, like, acknowledge the listeners. The listeners at home. Uh, yeah. Yes. Hi, my name is Sophie, and I'll be your host for hopefully not the next hour, but less. Hi, Simon. Hi, Ben. Yo, yo. Hello, hello. How's the team? How are you guys doing? Yeah, good. Yeah. Tired. I don't know what it is about it being wintry oh. now and all being and being so dark in the evenings that I feel like I'm very tired. Well, it hasn't stopped me like staying up late most nights watching movie or TVs. But what have you been watching late into the night? <laughs> oh, I've been watching so much Bond late into the night. It's really? actually well, nice. Cause, yeah, because it's on. They're all on Prime, so I've just been like marathoning the shit out of it, and then. I've, it's actually gotten to the stage where if I go to the gym and go on the treadmill now, I listen to Bond theme songs. <laughs> oh my God. Because some of those, they're not the slow, like Bassy-esque Bassy's one. the one. But like, no, not for running though. For running, I've got a bit of like some Duran Duran, Aha, Chris Cornell, you know, like the hardcore bangers, like Living Daylights yeah. and stuff like that, which are incredible <laughs> tunes. License um, to Kill. Yeah. Well, no, License to Kill is quite theme. slow though. He's got a license to kill. Yeah, oh my God. June. I can't. Such a weird film, but uh, I watched that one recently, actually. Yeah, because I knew, I just, I know how big of a fan of that you are, and it's such a weird fucking film. What do you think of it? It's just there's out some, of place. Yeah, it just feels a bit out of place. I think both of Timothy Dalton's kind of feel out of place in a way because you know it was quite different at that point. But it's got like it's got Benicio del Toro as like the, the crazy weird son henchman. The drug yeah, 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 as um, Dario. And he's so weird. His his like his just his all of his deliveries is for every line is crazy. There's the scene like, where James is hanging off this ledge with his with a cable tie around his wrist, yeah. and uh, underneath are like rotating blades that we used to oh, chop up the drugs. So much peril. And he's like, when you're down to your knees, you'll be begging me to kill you. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Horrid. It's so weird. But yeah. So yeah, I've been watching lots of Bond either late at night or during the day. Well, that's probably because. Amazon dropped their reality show. Yeah, WD7. but I'm refusing to watch that. I'm not going to watch that. I watched it. Is it good? <laughs> it's like Amazing Race, isn't it? It's like like challenge type stuff, right? I don't really know what it is other it's, than Brian Cox is, is in it. Is this from the producers of James Bond? Yeah, and it's like Brian Cox is like the controller or well, something and he gives people challenges, right? It's it, Yeah, so it's Amazon because they bought MDM, which is why they have their... So Amazon now owns anything James Bond, right? Because they bought MDM. So that is the first venture into the JCU, yeah. I guess. James <laughs> Cinematic J- Universe. The Miss Many Pennies Kimono. Yeah. Oh my. The JBCU. I did enjoy it, but I think I'm, I don't know, I think I'm in a reality show era, which. You liked it. It's not, it's not bad. He, Brian Cox did annoy me. I just thought he was out of place. Is he scripted? Oh yeah, 100. Like everything he says is scripted. And he's mm. like, yeah, as Ben said, he's the controller. So he's basically. I'd say Literally they've just the thrown a load of money at him. Yeah, it's insanely expensive. And I like that. I like that it was so well produced. It's basically nine couples and the controller tasked them with a bunch of James Bond tasks. And as they progress through the money, the missions get harder and harder. And to be fair, like towards mm-hmm. the end, they got extremely hard. So it's a combination of, yeah, James Bond missions and who wants to become a millionaire because they also <laughs> does, ask them like does uh, does one of them have to fish diamonds out of a lady's tummy button oh god oh well 
Yeah, fairly close. Or, as Halle Berry says, leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> or there's the uh, there's the Roger Moore one where the belly dancer has like a bullet in her belly button. Oh, and yeah. And he like, he like, in this really weird bit, just like sucks it out of her belly button and then swallows the bullet or something. Like, Jesus. it's really weird. I don't yeah. know how this franchise hasn't been cancelled, but... You know, it has made it. I, well, the, I'm glad it hasn't. It's, as, <laughs> it's the lovable <laughs> rogue of film. What would, what would my life be if I they know, had, if, the, if those movies had been cancelled? Funny because we're going to talk about prequels and sequels later. Yes. Though. But I yeah. mean, yeah. But yeah, that's just a litany of things that have been keeping me up at night, the Bond movies. I mean, it's interesting to say that because I would have never thought that James Bond has a bunch of sequels, but yeah, they are a bunch of sequels. Yeah, right. yeah. technically they, just, are, yeah, they yeah. are. Of course they are, yeah. Up until recently, they'd never been direct sequel. It's like an anthology almost. Like, mm-hmm. is an anthology the right word? Yeah. I they, mean, it's the same character, but lots of different stories and none of them really follow on from one another. Yeah. Well, the um, Daniel Craig ones have been direct sequels in a yeah, way. Daniel yeah, Daniel Craig's have all been direct sequels. They're the only ones that have ever really had like a tie-in, I think. Am I right saying that? I think so. Maybe some of the earlier ones. Timothy yeah. Dalton ones have... There's two of those, aren't there? There's, there's two of them, but like, yeah, but it's not like they, it's and not the like Felix Leiter story carries through. Well, it's the same actor who plays him. Yeah. But in the, I mean, they had that in a couple of different ones. I mean, mm. you know, M was played by the same person for of a long time. now Bond's movies. dead. Yeah. So that's the end of it. Oops. I know. Heartbreaking. Oops. I think yeah. I said this, I said this uh, after we stopped recording last week, but uh, I think I said this to Sophie and it's, it's, it sounded slightly profound, but then when I thought about it, it sounds really wanky. I was like, I think I'm ready to watch that film again. <laughs> I know. Because I watched it in the cinema and then I bought it when it came out in DVD and it's still in the packaging because I haven't had the heart to watch it. And I'm like, I think I'm ready to watch it now. Aww. And I say that and then I'll be like sending you guys voice messages and <laughs> bawling my eyes. I was like, I wasn't ready. I haven't even gotten to the end of the cold open. We need your reaction video from you. Wait, oh, what's God. the cold open? Well, the cold open is the bit before the title sequence. That's oh, the what that's gun called. animation sequence. Yeah, before the gun barrels. So like... Dude, sometimes I fast forward I mean, License to Kill, where they where they catch the plane, you know? That's, oh, that's yeah, the, yeah, That's yeah. the cold open on the way to Felix's wedding. Oh, right. Okay, it's not... But but there's, there's the bit after that where it's like a post-post opening sequence where it goes into the song and the animation with the gun and the dripping blood. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So, that, so all the bits at the start is called the cold open normally because it, it's a lot of the time it has nothing to do with the film. <laughs> you know, half the time it'll be something that is like completely different, like surfing into North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's uh, that. Or is it supposed yeah. to be the back end of the previous film? And then you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny if that, like the start of it is the end of the last one. <laughs> yeah, my God. Like in some weird TV and also show like it, 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 even if the actors change, it's like the the previous actor like Pierce Brosnan into Daniel Craig. <laughs> well, like he pulls off a mask, yeah. like in Mission Tom Impossible. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah, style. He Tom Cruise yeah. Is it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Simon, what about you? I watched quite a hard hitting documentary called um, "Once Upon a Time in Northern Ireland." Yeah, I watched the first episode really of that the good. other night. What do you think? I mean, it's heavy, man. Jesus Christ. It's yeah, it's like, on. It's on iPlayer. Isn't it's it? a very it's, good documentary. Yeah. It is incredible. Is it a new documentary or did really? it just come out? a year or two old, Okay. Maybe? Yeah. Um, it's only like six episodes. First one's long though. It's like an hour and a half, the first one. Very good. They've got very, very, very good access to people that live through the troubles. And yeah. really good raw interview footage with them. Mm. And yeah. really good editing as well. It's very understated. Mm. Yeah. So I watched that. Um, I finished my Merkel documentary. Jesus, wow. this is some cool. heavy stuff. You're in your documentary like he- era. Heavy heaters, yeah. And then I watched Barbie. That was yeah, the outlier. Thoughts? Yeah, so I was, I obviously it's hard to watch it without, I couldn't do my usual thing and ignore all the trailers and stuff. 
But um, it was it was not bad. But I I expected it to be, for the social comment to be a bit more profound. Mm-hmm. It okay. didn't move because you were saying how moving you found it. God, I cried at the end. Of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that end, maybe that's just me. Maybe <laughs> the end. The end maybe I'm the problem. Was, yeah, maybe actually, I'm the problem. Yeah. I wanted because obviously this podcast is supposed to be about the end of films. Mm. So the end section of Barbie is like this montage sequence of young girls growing up, or like just young kids. And families and just family life. It's like mm. it's like a series of like bursts and it's all kind of it's like it's like memories, isn't it, for about a minute and a half. And then it cuts to Barbie in the back of the car. And you, it, it looks like she's going to a job interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she think, is, isn't she? Isn't that what she's but, doing? But but she gets no, no, no. to the to the reception desk of what you think is the company she's gonna have the job interview for, because everyone in the car is like, Good luck, good luck, whatever. Yeah. And then she says, um, I'm here for my gynecology appointment. Yeah, yeah. So she's yeah. going for her smear test. Yeah, yeah, so what's yeah. why is that funny and why is it it's not funny. relevant? It's what's, not funny. It's educational. As it, it's but, it's almost like a, it's a fun it's funny. Well it I didn't shows, get it at all. It well, one, it shows us to finally transition into be an actual woman. And at, when you are a woman, you turn into a real woman when you get your period and when you yeah. go to your OBGYN. So for me, that was more like a ticky, like educational piece for women to get tested. Mm. But it was just, like, for me, it was just completely out of place. I just didn't understand. Maybe I missed the point of that, the flow of it, but I didn't yeah. get it. I get what you mean about the flow. I think it was a nice ending. Like, I like that it ended with going to the gynecologist for some reason. Yeah. Like, that's a natural. I mean, it made like, me think. Even, like, even that's that's more important as opposed to going all girl boss on yeah. you know, Barbie and being like, she's I'm going to get yeah, CEO. She's doing the CEO. things that every woman has to do now. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's yeah. not the perfect life, you know, where it's just living in the Barbie house. It's like, well, I live in a world <laughs> of smear tests yeah. and all these kind of things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, my other comment was I thought, I don't know if everyone else has already said all this. I'm just repeating stuff, but Ken had all the best funny lines. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, and I, th- yeah, I, th- I thought that when I saw it, but I also think that like, every- I think a lot of people said at the time that like it's Ken, like he definitely has the funnier lines mm. and I think Gosling makes the character. But He's I think, superb, yeah. But I think, I think, that that's I think that's not fair as well because that I think takes away of how good Margot Robbie is at Barbie because she's really good. Like it's not like the most standout performance in the world, but like being Barbie, you could very easily do it really badly. You know mm. what I mean? Like I think it'd be more noticeable if she was a really shit Barbie, but actually she did a really good mm. job at it. I thought it was difficult because you know they're trying to make the point that um, it's tough being Barbie in the real world i.e. a girl. Yeah. But then she's like the most perfect, pristine example of what our society thinks a woman should be. So she's got every advantage going for her. But that's who Barbie yeah. is. They were trying to crowbar it. And, and I know there was that edit in the film where they have a note to filmmakers. It's hard to make that point considering how beautiful the stars yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that, that wasn't enough. That wasn't the, It was like they used that as a get out. But to me, it didn't... But wouldn't you consider it overly, quote unquote, like woke if they had someone who's definitely not conventionally beautiful and they tried to make something out of no, them? No, that wouldn't have worked either. But yeah. I just think they were just trying to make points that didn't really work. I think the casting worked because she's Barbie. Like Margot Robbie is Barbie. Yeah, she looks like uh, Barbie. Even yeah. if you're this beautiful, you still struggle. It's true though. Yeah, it's like, yeah. beautiful, yeah. like this is a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. But yeah. it's, it's, I was looking for more something more profound. Yeah, no, for sure. No, the point yeah. is, you know, yeah. she's Barbie is taken advantage of as well, you know. Yeah. 
I think it's more about yeah. I don't think it's mm. just about feminism. I think it's about capitalism as well. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like yeah. layered commentary. The bit, the but bit, I agree, it's not the most profound movie in the, the world. The bit that made me think actually was when uh, Ken discovers the patriarchy and then he goes <laughs> yeah. back and tells everyone about Hilarious. it. But then there's quite a few women in Ken's world that are loving it and yeah. like, that are all subservient to him already. And that made me think about you know about our lives and how much of us is really us and how much of us is just what we're we've been brainwashed programmed yeah, to do and programmed yeah. with yeah, yeah. So that that was my favorite comment of the mm. film mm-hmm. what did you what did you make of the uh the ronson soundtrack there was as much of it as i thought there'd be because i kept looking at the tunes and it was like lizzo and yeah but every song was produced by oh, him oh right okay well i thought it was excellent the yeah music so like he's like, yeah, i think yeah. his hands are on everything i didn't mm. really i thought some yeah. of it wasn't him okay yeah no great. i think it's all produced by him but obviously just with different i think the only one that he doesn't have as much of an impact on is the billy eilish one yeah probably because i think she tends to just work with her brother yeah but I think mm-hmm. the rest of them, like the Dua Lipa one definitely is like, yeah. was all written yeah. by him. Like, I mean, you can hear it's him. The, the music fits stuff. in like a glove. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And the set pieces are incredible. And like, mm. even that dance scene at Barbie's dream house is amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just Ken deserves to win an Oscar. <laughs> it deserves to win the best song. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, it's I, fantastic. I could, see, I could see him get, uh, getting nominated. I wanted to be nominated just so we can have them all perform at it. Because I think, oh, you know, yeah. the way they get all the, the, they get the Oscar best songs to perform at the Oscars. I think it would be amazing if you had cool. you had Mark Ronson slash Josh Fries and then uh, Ryan Gosling, Simu Liu, Shooty Gatwa, all those people who had played Ken coming in to like perform it as well would be insane. Iconic. It would be absolutely amazing. Very iconic. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. I just want to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. I really do. I really do want to yeah. watch it again. I'm hoping somebody buys me the Blu-ray for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like manifesting that and putting it out in the world that I want it, but... Ben, you also watched The Killer. Yeah, I watched The Killer, yeah. Yeah, you, what, Which what are Which I thoughts? feel bad because our, our friend Comedian of Cinema, I, I think I saw him the other day saying he really enjoyed it. Oh no, I hated it. I mean, I made it very clear at LFF. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, I That's I the new feature film for context. Yeah, yeah with Michael Fassbender, Netflix, yeah. who I love Michael Fassbender. Me I think too. he's amazing. I can't wait for his next film, the one with Taika. Mm-hmm. Waititi about like the worst football team in the world where <laughs> yeah. he plays the coach. Cool cool runnings with football. Yeah, basically. It's called Next Goal Wins, I think. Um, oh and God, it's about so him good. being the coach of like American Samoa, which were the worst soccer team ever. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I think from the outset, I was like, oh, okay. I even like from that opening scene, oh, yeah. which really, really drags on. Um, it Like the best way to put it, and maybe this is a lot of Fincher's films, it was a very like style over substance. Mm -hmm. Like it looks incredible. Fassbender is really good in it for sure. You know, like in that he plays the character really well, but there wasn't that much, like there wasn't much in the story to like keep me hooked. It kind of felt like it jumps from one thing to another really quickly. You know, it's, and and it's, and when you look at it, it's like a really basic plot that like, Mm -hmm. you know, it you know it's John Wick without the dog you know rather yeah. than a dog it's his it's his partner who gets like beaten up doesn't even get killed he's John Wick the dog dies for God's sake yeah you know yeah exactly but it's it's a really basic premise and then yeah it and then it just really kind of to, ends yeah it doesn't really have to say much yeah it's the best review that I read somewhere is it's a film that Steven Soderbergh could have made in a weekend. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a way to like to undermine Fincher, but this is the kind of film that you could see Steven Soderbergh could make on the side while making a bunch of other films because yeah. there's not a lot to it. 
Because I agree no. with you. I think it looks great. I think the performance is decent. I think the soundtrack has something to say, but ultimately it doesn't have a lot of depth. No, not and at all. It's is it. I think it's a it's an incredibly forgettable film. Yes, I don't think I'll like. Uh, I won't think about. It won't be one of those movies where I go, "Oh, that's like the killer." Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just I'll just completely forget about it in a while. Something that I noticed though uh, from the people that did like it, because I think the the movie already has a bit of a crowd, mm. is the people that did like the film were people with high anxiety. And the people in my life that I know that like the film have a lot of anxiety. And in a weird way, and I noticed that, the film has a lot of almost like grounding. um, I don't want to say technique necessarily, but it has Mm. that kind of like repetitiveness to it. And it brings a sense of calm almost because it is so... Well, that opening scene is all about that, isn't it? Yeah, it's all about that. And it's repeated throughout the film. So it's the, like ASMR almost in the way exactly. Fassbender's delivery, whatever way they have yes. them, they have them really close to the mic, it feels like. Yeah, in a nihilistic way. So yeah. I feel like it spoke to a lot of people that are looking for that type of film, mm. which, I mean, I guess it has an audience, but not for me. Yeah, no, yeah. it wasn't for me. And then uh, on Saturday night, I went to see Bottoms. Have All right, yeah, yeah, the comedy, the comedy, yeah. Yeah, and I was like pleasantly surprised at how... Good? So it's... I, I would recommend you go and see it. It is really funny and it gets progressively funnier as you come to realize what the film is. Mm-hmm. Um, the basic premise of it is two girls who uh, are trying to get laid start a fight club. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a really, really rough premise to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two leads is one of them is the girl from The Bear. And I can't, is it Rachel Sennett is the other one? I think yes. she was in The Idol. Mm-hmm. I, I recognized oh. her face, I think, from watching like the right. first episode. Yeah. Um, and it's really funny, but it's very bizarre. Like it kind of, like the ending of it is fucking mm-hmm. mad. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Um, but it's, re- it's really, really funny. I thought it was genuinely like, I haven't, nice. it's always really hard when you go to the cinema to see comedies and whether you're actually going to yeah. laugh at it or is it going to be a bit awkward, but it's genuinely like, there's some really funny bits in it. That's very cool. Um, and yeah, good, like really good fight scenes as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> Beating the shit out of people. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was surprisingly good bottoms. Yeah. Nice. What about you? Yeah. Uh, well, I watched a bunch of stuff, uh, very quickly, the latest season of The Crown, season six, the first part. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, they're doing just it in two parts, out. are they? Yes. So right. the first one just came out and the second part is going to come out in December. So Spoiler, the fir- she dies. Yes. So <laughs> the first part, the first four episodes is basically the Diana story. Uh, oh, what, does she die in the first four episodes? Yes, that's a, that. Yeah. Oh, that's, really? That's, wow. Okay. So they do, they're doing that quite early and then the second yeah, half will be very, the aftermath. I think we should put a spoiler... Um, Ah, oh, come on, it's history. Like, everybody no, knows no, no, Diana as in dies. People may expect that she dies later on or something. But, yes, she dies right, in the first okay. part. Um, yeah, it's basically the arc leading up to her death. Mm. Nothing that you wouldn't expect. I I wouldn't agree with Guardian's review. That was one star. <laughs> I thought that was oh, a bit wow. harsh. Yeah, Guardian hated the, you know, the latest season. Really? But I just thought it had nothing interesting to say. And it was more like a... A love letter to Diana, which fair game to the season, but it. I just thought the had, last season felt that way as well. I think this one is even more extreme on on that end. It 
it really doesn't feel like the crown. It feels like the, Di- the Diana series, mm. um, which is well. I, I guess in a way, though, you I, can't I mean, overlook I can't, that. I can't really speak to it as someone who's probably too young, or also and also not being from the UK. But like at that time, I guess a lot of people were kind of consumed. I don't know. So what? Maybe you have a bit more of an insight on this. But I think people were kind of were consumed by Diana, right? Like you know, yeah, she was, I remember. I was she was young. bigger than them, and I guess the whole point was that that was the thing that they didn't really like is that Diana had become the well, star yeah it way. was all consuming for sure but if you're telling the story of the crown i would love for that season to tell something different would be to really drill down on the queen and like the dynamics of the but then of the crown. Okay, yeah but what i would say to that is is that don't forget there's another part of this season which is going to have to deal with the aftermath of that and her reaction to it because diana's death is a huge thing that obviously deserves a bit of time. And there's actually going to be, what, like four episodes now, or however many, five, of the aftermath of that. No, they're going to skip to William and Kate. Oh, God. They're, yeah, so that's... Of course so, they are. So this is why I was like, okay, so the last okay, episode well is basically... Sense. Scratch everything I just said. Yeah, so it's <laughs> so the season is basically her and Dodie and like yeah. Saint-Tropez, like it's a lot of paparazzi scenes. It's yeah. very much that. So it's like, I don't feel like, I feel like I've seen that a, f- a thousand times in documentaries. So that said, Elizabeth Debicki is just incredible. I, I think it just continues to be amazing. But yeah, I was just a bit disappointed. But okay. there's that. And then very quickly, I saw Saltburn, which is yeah. the new Emerald Fennell movie. I went into that film. I didn't actually cut it during LFF because I heard mixed reviews. I was like, okay, fine, I'll watch it later. And I went to that film thinking that I'm going to get Promising Young Woman. And mm. I go, we need to talk about Kevin. Really? <laughs> and I wasn't ready for that. I feel like Barry Keon's character, no, I feel like Barry Keon plays a disturbing character is becoming a genre. Yeah, it's in every film. He and plays, the, I mean... <laughs> And Not I'm just I like, like I want to see but... something different from you. It's the same yeah. thing over and over. I I thought Jacob Elord, this character who's playing Nathan in Euphoria, Simon for context, who I thought was incredible in that in this film and also was amazing in Priscilla where he played Elvis. Mm. I think he's just amazing. He was the most um, standout character. Because it's a pretty were, big cast, isn't it? It's like Richard Pye, E. Grant, Rosemary Pike. Grant, yes, uh, Carrie Mulligan has a bit of a cameo. So great cast. And everyone is great. Even Barry is great, but it just, it's very nihilistic in its take. And while Promising Young Woman had a lot to say, I don't know what this film had to say instead of just looking amazing. It, it looks great. It looks very much like Glass Onion. Style like, over substance again type thing. Maybe there's some substance in there that doesn't, I don't know. That's not doesn't align with my worldview, <laughs> but I would love to get your take because it just ends very. I don't know. The third act is just bizarre and gets weirder. Has okay. it has a really good plot twist and then it gets very weird from there on. So where can you watch it? Uh, no, it's just in the cinema right now. Oh. But I'm guessing it's gonna come it's out. Just come out, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it just came out. Um, yeah, yeah. So give it a go. I mean, it's not. It's definitely for some people, but. I'm not a nihilist. <laughs> so. Not many people are these days. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I have a list of things that I'm starting to think now, okay, I want to go to the cinema now, having gone to Bottoms of the Night and Napoleon is one of them. 
Are you going to go to the cinema for that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go, yeah. yeah. Definitely. I might go to picture I'm going to wait for that one. Um, I do want to see the Marvels, to be honest. I do want to see it. I'm going to wait for that. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, obviously Salt burns out. And then there's some stuff coming out kind of closer to Christmas that, mm-hmm. you know, I'll wait for. But I mean, is, there, um, is there a Richard Curtis number coming mm-hmm. out? There's not a Richard Curtis mm-hmm. number coming yeah. out. I, I will think. see Wonka in the cinema. I mean, not, not that I care about oh. the film as much, but just because it's such a blockbuster film that I would love to get like a huge popcorn and a lot of candy and just watch that film. Mm. <laughs> Which one? Eat yourself in Wonka. Wakama. It's a new oh, Wonka right. film. Yeah. With Timothy yeah. Chalamet as as a young it's not like Wonka, the third remake in our lifetime. Well, so this well, isn't a remake, a yeah. So there's the original, then there's the Johnny Depp. Yeah, mm. I think they're going to ignore the Johnny Depp first. And is that not is, good? Oh no, I think they're going to ignore oh, it. Oh, right. um, this is like a this, but this is like an origin story. This is like Timothy Chalamet playing a young Willy Wonka, opening his first ever yeah sweet shop in in some is it London or is it like some yeah, fictional it looks place? Like Lon- I, mean, I don't know what it's supposed yeah. to be. Well, it has Hugh Grant, so it must be London. Yes, it must be London. <laughs> And it kind of looks like it's London. And I think a lot of it was filmed in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a prequel, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I I'm, just don't see the point. Yeah, well, we'll see. Which kind of, I think, leads us kind of on quite nicely to our community segment, isn't it? That's way. true. That's true. Yeah. Well, because we, I mean, you had the idea of the question for, for our audience because there have been so many remakes, so yeah. many sequels, so many prequels recently. We have. The Mean Girls musical announcement. We have the Hunger Games prequel. We have Wonka. Wonka. Yeah. yeah. Uh, There's the Harry Potter series that HBO are working on, which seems mad. It is. Yeah, it's mad. That's the weirdest one for me, because and and I I don't know. It, I think it's because it's a remake. So so there's some interesting comments on the post that you put up about sequels and prequels and remakes kind of being different things, and I agree with that. But the remaking Harry Potter, Harry Potter doesn't feel that long ago. Wait, to so what's a the premise of the series? Is it going to be literally a remake, I think or so, is it going to yeah. be like a House of Dragon sort of? I think it's going to be a what? remake. Yeah. What they're going to recast Harry? I think so. Yeah, I'll hell? have to look into it. Hang on, I'll, I'm going to have to Google this, but I think so. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Is okay, Harry Potter that... ageless, or does he get older? Uh, oh yeah, he's a yeah. Of course, he does. But like in the films, does he grow up? As well, yeah, in the books as well, because oh. he has kids with. In the in the yeah, in the book, yeah, yeah, with Hermione, yeah. So 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 this on Deadline dot com it says the new uh, Max original series will deep dive into each of the iconic books that have continued to uh, the fans have continued to enjoy all this year. That was from the chairman, CEO of HBO Max and content about the project, which he assured fans will be a faithful adaptation. Yeah, so there you go. So it will be a, a will be a direct remake. So we'll be seeing new castings for Hardy Potter or Hermione Granger. Ron That's Weasley. I mean, you would have to change the plot, <laughs> otherwise it just becomes so predictable. Why would you? Yeah. It doesn't work when you, if you know all the plot twists and all the. It feels like they should have. Do, it feels like they should do something. And and I guess this is the thing, right? So when when it should you ever try a remake or should you? should you take the story and just try and do something different with it? Because a lot of the comments that people talked about is that, you know, Someone saying, brought up Dune. Yeah, and saying, you know, I'm I'm here for a remake if it has something interesting to say. Mm. Um, and I think that's fair enough. And I mm. think taking a different spin on it is different, but it's kind of hard to know with this. Obviously a series is different because with Harry Potter, we just got the films. 
So what, it was seven seven or eight films? Yeah. But this will like, I mean, it's HBO. This is going, this could be like 100 episodes of Harry Potter deep diving into all the lore of the books and that kind of my, stuff. My take is remake, a remake is okay if the original has been pretty bad. So the Dune, like Dune is a perfect example. Like the original Dune from David Lynch was very eclectic. Like it was just for a very eclectic crowd. It was mostly camp and wasn't perceived well by the critics at all. It was, it was considered a disappointment. But then you have Danny Villeneuve doing the remake, yeah. which is an incredible remake. And no one complained about that being remade because it no, was exactly. worth the effort. Because the original adaptation, which was the book, never got a proper movie adaptation. So to me, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, so somebody said to it, so it's Ogis mm-hmm. 23. So they mm-hmm. say sequels and prequels are fine as long as there's a story and the audiences are invested in the characters in the world. Some of my favorite films are sequels like Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Yeah. Reboots are another story. <laughs> there needs to be a general need or a new story to be told. I'm 37 and I can't believe I'm seeing reboots for movies I saw that only feel like not that long ago, i.e. Mean Girls. Yeah. And yeah. Mean Girls does feel like... Now, I think Mean Girls could be a different one because society even in the i mean what is mean girls like 2004 yeah. like society has changed in the same way that you watch you rewatch love actually and you think fucking hell there's so <laughs> much about it that like you just wouldn't get away with now mean girls there'll be an interesting story to tell about the difference between you know that uh, that kind of parodied idea of girls in school versus cliques in school now could be quite interesting yeah, it'll just depend on what yeah. they do with it. But because because cinema is such a good prism through which to view social history and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know it's just stuff like the problem is, and I think we've obviously spoken about this a lot in the podcast about stuff like Marvel and and Disney and and Warner Brothers, is that the market kind of gets overly saturated with remakes of things that just don't feel like they need to be remade. So uh, I think a good example of it is of, of like an IP that should have been left alone as Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. The Amazon series oh my God, yeah. tried to do one of the older stories, but actually kind of... That the one that you hate watched? Yes, no, me too. I hate well, watch, yeah, I did, actually, I, no, I did I, hate I, watch I did it. I did hate yeah. watch it as well. I just, one of my favourites is yeah. um, the Bourne trilogy, whatever, mm. there's four of them now, isn't there? Yeah, that yeah. Well, no, there's five. But there's, I, there's well, the, there's the uh, what's your man, the Jeremy Renner one as well. Yeah, the green grass ones I really liked, and I really enjoyed the subsequent films as much mm. as I did the first one. Mm, I think it's easy true. as well with those because they're based yeah. off books, almost. and it's like a it's like a continuous story that never ends, and it's really fast. Mm. And yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, Home yeah. Alone two, I liked. Yeah, fair. Um, I mean, some of like some to. of the sequels are the best. I mean, Empire Strikes yeah. Back, Indiana Jones. I agree with that one. I mean, Last Crusade is the third Dark Indiana Knight. Jones film. Yeah. Dark Knight, yeah. I guess it's more so the remakes thing, which just to me it just feels weird. Beverly Hills Cop, but that's coming back well, as well. Um, I have a th- There's another I just be- Beverly Hills Cop too. Was quite good. Well, they're filming <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop four at the minute with what? Eddie Murphy. Yeah. What about uh, bad sequels, though? Ha- I mean, has anyone oh. said? I mean, mentioned any bad sequels? There are a lot of Marvel films that have and oh. that, you yeah, know, Warner Brothers sure. films I mean, that have a lot of bad sequels. Ones. But I'm trying to think of. I mean, Alien. You know, one, two, three. Not was was it the third one that was a bit of a failure? Uh, it was one that was yeah. A- Alien and Aliens are quite good because that's the James Cameron and Ridley Scott ones. Okay. Same with Terminator oh. and Terminator 2. Oh yeah, yeah Terminator, Termin- Termin- Terminator 2 is amazing. Yeah. 
Then Terminator yeah. 3 is dreadful. Aliens 3, Alien 3 is crap. Yeah, Alien 3 is really bad. Yeah, that's the one that was yeah. really bad. And then there's an interesting point about stuff as well that remakes that Hollywood sometimes doesn't understand of like stuff like Old Boy, mm-hmm. which they're taking oh, IP yeah. that's originally like South Korean or, you know, from a from a different country and they're trying to remake it for US audiences and it just falls flat in its face, even though even if you do shot for shot remakes. And I mean you know, somebody made a point of saying, you know, you don't see remakes for stuff like Casablanca, Gone with the Wind, mm-hmm. Clockwork Orange. You know, <laughs> in these cases, it'll never be too soon. They didn't think it was too soon for Psycho. They remade Psycho. With, they did a fucking shot for shot remake with Vince Vaughn. And it's shot for shot, line for line, a remake. And Is somehow, no, no, no. It's serious. And it's him playing, what's his name? Norman uh, Bates? Is that no, the Vin- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vince Vaughn. Vincent Va- yeah, Vince Vaughn. And it's <laughs> dreadful. It's so bad. It's like, And yet it's supposed to be like a shot for shot remake. Yeah. I don't know. I'd be interested in what you guys think about this, but studios that are constantly pushing out remakes, it's kind of a sad state of affairs for the fact that is there really no more ideas. original blockbuster ideas to get behind? Well, you know? I think they speak to a lot of the audience um, in terms of nostalgia and people that saw the original and then they want to take their kids to watch the remake which is why a lot of the remakes are actually much more family friendly I find like the Wonka one for example like you could make a more mature version Dude, of Wonka the, like the, more the, un- the old Willy Wonka is really like, shocking there's, yeah, like, this, yeah. there's loads of like fattest jokes yeah, and, like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. and all these sort of sins are covered off in mm. it, yeah. yeah it's dreadful no it's, yeah. Awful. No, it's awful it's fat it's just fat shames everybody yeah. tell them yeah yeah just awful uh, but now I think with a lot of the remakes they're just trying to remove I don't know, they're trying to make them very clinical and very safe. Which is what Marvel is trying to do with a lot of its yeah. films as well these days, which is family first, family yeah. friendly. Well, IGN wrote a really good article recently about kind of, because they've announced that Pedro Pascal is possibly going to play yes. Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> <That'd> be, <laughs> do you know I, who Pedro Pascal is? No. So, so did you watch The Last <laughs> I of Us I love how Simon is just like, I'm trying it's to just, you me- watched a bit of The Last of Us TV show, didn't you? Which one? The Last of Us, the TV oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the guy who plays Joel in that. The main guy. The main guy. The main guy. Oh, okay. So he's being lined up to play Mr. Fantastic in the Fantastic Four, which is like one of Marvel's. Yeah. Like it's, it's for a long time, it's been like the elephant in the room of like one of their biggest ever comic books that they haven't had the rights to yeah. and they're finally making a film for it now. And um, IGN wrote a really interesting article where they made the point that when Marvel first started with Disney and they were making all these films... They were hiring nobodies to play the main characters. So nobody knew who Chris Hemsworth was. Nobody knew who um, Tom Hiddleston really was. Chris Pratt wasn't that famous. Robert Downey Jr. had kind of only just gotten out of jail and was like, <laughs> it was becoming okay to have him back in movies again. And they went re- they were like they went low budget on their actors so they could go high budget on everything else. Nowadays, they are just throwing money at the problem. And that's kind of... Like a lot of studios are doing this with IP and everything. It's just throwing in as much shit as you can and hoping it'll stick. And it's just... My thing on those superhero films is that there's, it's so tightly controlled. It comes across in the creative. Like it, there's obviously very little ad-libbing. There's very little like left to chance on set. It's just so clinically executed yeah. that it just feels so wooden and inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like I love films where there's been loads of, the actors bringing something of themselves to the part mm. and 
be able to change up lines because it's more natural for them or whatever, like more creativity, basically. And I guess that's that's a that's a trust thing from big studios, right? Like, mm. you know, the reason to do a Wonka remake or a Mean Girls remake is because you see the sentiment online, you see people like these things, people love Timothy Chalamet, it's going to be very easy to cast him as a young Gene Wilder, Johnny Depp character and make it aloof and make it fun and make it safe for everybody in an IP that everybody knows. Like, everybody knows Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like, it's universally known. Maybe not universally known, but you know what I mean? Like, it's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, like, studios don't trust the fact that there might be, you know, putting a lot of money behind a smaller director with a really interesting idea and allowing them a little bit more freedom. It's like, no, let's just keep remaking the same things over and over and over again because we know it'll make the money. Yeah. We all just need to protest. We need to stop going to see these things. We need to just mm. well, cancel our Disney Plus subscriptions. And- Marvel. Uh, Loki aside, which was good. Um, what about prequels, though? Because prequels, prequels. are interesting ones. Yeah. You, you, because in a way, you could see, like, you could say, you could argue, oh, God, they're just, like, the story's done and dusted. We don't have to revisit it any longer. And then you could also argue, well, they do enrich the story if they're done well. Because I haven't watched House of the Dragons, but I'm hearing good things about it. Yeah. As an extension of the Game of Thrones universe in a way. I don't know if it's needed, but it's well received it's been well received so far. Yeah, I enjoyed House of the Dragon. I almost it, it Oh like, Dragon. Yeah, Dragon. House of the Dragon, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's Yeah, I mean it's an interesting one because the it de- it depends, like, you know so like the Hunger Games one at the minute, which is the is the the prequel that's just come out, you know. Was there any need for a prequel explaining Donald Sutherland's character? <laughs> you know, it's very or like you know, the Fantastic Beasts with Harry Potter, oh, like God. which initially, and that's a, actually a really interesting one. So that started as a spin-off, and then became, I don't, I don't, for some, I don't know why, became a Dumbledore prequel. And I was like, okay, well, let's bring in Jude Law and. We'll bring in Johnny Depp and we'll make it like a big Dumbledore thing and we'll introduce characters who could inevitably be Voldemort. Like, why did that have to go from an interesting spin-off idea to, ah, oh, fuck it, we'll just make it a prequel because people will be more interested in that and they'll buy it. Yeah, I think that's just lazy studio exec decision making. You know, I think, I, I always think an interesting one with prequels is the Star Wars films in that they've, <laughs> a, I, think, I think they've aged better with time. I think people have a right. lot more, a greater affinity for them now. Like when they initially came out, obviously like Phantom Menace and, <laughs> and Clone Wars were absolutely destroyed. Or sorry, not Clone Wars, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> um, excuse me, getting Star Wars lore mixed up, <laughs> my God. How dare I? But they at least enhance the story in a way. Yeah. You know, there's already breadcrumbs there from the original ones that are, that are planted that kind of make you go, oh yeah, I, I am kind of interested in mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I don't know, it's hard to, like a prequel needs to be in it, I think it needs to be like justified, like, you know, what's the justification for it? Like, what, yeah. was there enough interest in the first place? Yeah, I think a prequel could work if the original left a lot of room for something to be explored. Like, oh, yeah. we never got to know what this guy, what happened to this guy. Like, we spoke about the Reservoir Dogs in our last episode. Like, whatever yeah. happened to Pink? Like, I could yeah. see a of, of Pink's character and what happened to him. Maybe an episode of a series. I like but. it when they, I, I, don't, I, I can't think of many that I, I even know, let alone like, <clears throat> but it's like when it explains some character's actions because yes. you find yeah. out about their previous life, like what happened to them. Yes. 
because then it can build more empathy with that character. That's when they can work. So Better Call Saul would be my example <gasps> of a good one. Yes, yeah. Because you're like, why example. does this guy behave like this? Oh, <laughs> this is his whole life. Like That's a perfect at, yeah. example. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, El Camino probably wasn't necessary. The sequel. No, exactly. There yeah. you go. So there's, two, so there's two things within the Breaking Bad universe. So Better Call Saul is something that's gone on to surpass Breaking Bad I mean yeah, I've I mean, never really uh, got into it yeah, and I yeah, need yeah. to but a lot of people tend to think Bre- Better, Better Call Saul is better than Breaking Bad yeah. and El Camino was a two hour car crash of just yeah. something that wasn't needed we didn't yeah. need to see Jesse <laughs> getting away like we what is know. El Camino another better El Camino is like it's sequ- no it's a sequel to see what happened to Jesse after he escaped after that shooting at the end of Breaking Bad yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. so you know when he drew you the yeah. last shot of him is the machine gun in the Back in Which, the truck. And, and so there's there's where a sequel is completely unjustified because Jesse's ending there is like really satisfying mm-hmm. and, and him mm. driving away laughing and crying his eyes out is a really Saying, profound... church. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I remember about that show. <laughs> Who the fuck says church? <laughs> but like Does anyone so, say that? Yeah, no. Have you I ever heard so. that in the wild? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. There's many a things I see on television that I haven't heard in the wild, though, to be fair. But like that was one where... I dare you to say that in a meeting next week. What? Church? <laughs> church. <laughs> I'll see if I can slip it in. I'll see if I can slip it in. But there's one that like that diminishes Jesse's ending. Like an ending that was almost perfect and then a sequel kind of undoes some of that work. It's over-explaining. I think yeah, that's when yeah, it yeah, gets yeah. into that you're thinking, territory. You're, you're kind of treating the audience like an idiot and being like, yeah. well, we need to show you word for word <laughs> yeah. what has happened now. Yeah. You know? Like it's I like, guess he was a much loved character and they thought we'll try and spin it out a bit. Yeah. It's on Netflix if you want to give it a go. It's not a terrible movie, but it's just like, it's okay, just whatever. It's unnecessary. Yeah, but he's a much loved character that they thought, well, we can spin more money out of yep. this is what it is. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. That's a Netflix yeah. move. Yeah. Like I can't imagine Vince Gilligan was going, we definitely need to, <laughs> we definitely need to fucking do <laughs> no. this. We need to make sure that everybody knows what happened to Jesse after he left. Absolutely like it just not. doesn't make sense. Oh. But as you say, like at the, the, the best prequels are the ones that give you justifications for people's actions. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. to an extent, Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, it's true. You know, it's true. It's true. I still think we Revenge find of the Sith. Yeah. real father was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, still, I still think Revenge of the Sith is an amazing film. It what is. is a Sith? <laughs> what is it? Dude, what oh my it? God. I You haven't seen is my- Is it an animal? No, but it's on my Christmas jumper for this year. Okay. Oh my God, I've got really? my I've got my new ugly Christmas jumper. Oh, that's so And I'll wear it for our last record before Christmas. It's, uh, this, this is a collection of words that Simon is not going to understand. It has Darth Maul's face on the front. <laughs> uh, his pose from Jewel of the Fates on the back. Right. And then it says Sith the season underneath in massive letters under his face. And it's bright red and yellow. That's I love amazing. It. It's so ugly. Oh, I love it's it. so ugly and I love it. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> it arrived IRL. the other day and I was so excited. Where did you oh order this thing from? Amazon. Okay. From something called Merchoid. <laughs> <laughs> I basically every year I go to them for a new ugly Christmas jumper. Oh, two years, Merchoid, two years in a row it's been Star Wars. Um, <laughs> but I've had, I've, had, I've had a Rick and Morty Why one. Why don't you just start making them? Dude, I can't probably, knit. You pro- no, but you could get them produced. I probably could, yeah. You could yeah. do the designs. Yeah, he likes to support local. <laughs> Even the support local business. He likes to support local businesses. 
Mm-hmm. Local talent. I mean, listen, it was fucking forty quid for a jumper. Oh, I wouldn't Jesus. say that. I wouldn't say that's small sued business. By uh, <laughs> Lucasfilm for the, for the pun. Yeah, 1, exactly. Well, let, not just the pun. The fact that they have one of their characters' faces blasted across <laughs> it. That is basically the size of my torso. Oh my god. <laughs> We'll take well, a picture. It's an interpretation. We'll ta- well, it'll be on the video if, it's I, an interpretation. if I wear it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly yeah. for a for a Christmas episode in future. But yeah, I think I think you know a prequel can be justified in ways that, as you say, Simon, if it if it gives you more, mm-hmm. or and then a sequel is fully justified if it does something different. So mm-hmm. in the in to go into some real nerd chat, mm-hmm. the Battlestar Galactica sequel. <laughs> I'm I'm still is following <laughs> the the Battlestar Galactica. Is that re- Star Trek or Star Wars? It is neither. Oh, <laughs> it is the Cylons. Is is amazing. So I honestly, it's on it's on iPlayer. I, I go and go and watch some of it. Now the CGI is dreadful. It's like early noughties space CGI, and it looks like Play Doh in space <laughs> with like flashing lights on it. Some of it's really bad. But the storylines in it are really interesting. Like, and it's, you know, it's a TV show set in space, but also written at the time when, like, in the height of the Iraq war. So, like, it may, like, there's lots of stuff in it about, like, politics and terrorism and all that kind of stuff. And it's not just fighting robots in space. Um, And it's a really good sequel because it tried to do something different and it, like, you know, progressed it more. It's like, it's a... It's a sequel slash remake where like it comes back like I think fifty years after the original, but like it does it in a really interesting way. Um, so there's two really dorky wow. examples of sequels and prequels that work. I'll take your word for it because yeah. I never watched it. So dude, there, if, aren't, there aren't enough hours in the week to watch that. <laughs> dude, there's four seasons. There's like twenty episodes a Jesus, season. Yeah, okay. it's good if you yeah. have some time. Damn, your Christmas binging can be the Battlestar Galactica series Alrighty. on BBC Player. Okay. It's really well. good. I swear, guys, I swear. I always tell people this and they're like, oh, yeah, a f- bottles are okay, like, I'll it's promise really I'll good. watch one. What's it on It's again? really good. It's on iPlayer. Okay. Well, festive recommendation for people as well. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's not that festive. It's pretty grim. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fucking depressing. Oh, no, okay. You know, cool. especially those, as I say, those terrorism and space episodes get really fucking, really <laughs> dark with like people in it who are like playing convicted <laughs> terrorists, but... What can you do? It'll be fine. Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas. Booking day. Cool. Okay. I I think we answered the question. And I, I mean, I appreciate everyone for spending a lot of time writing super yeah. long comments. We couldn't read them Normally live. we get like, we ask for one-liners, one-liners, but we got like amazing like essays from people. Which amazing. Really cool. And also don't forget, you can all always voice record and send over your voice note to us. Um, till next time. We're going to be back in a couple of weeks with the one and only Parasite, a film from the Desert Island Vault, which is, uh, Ben mentioned that it's out on Netflix. So in, yes. in the old chance you haven't watched it or you need a rewatch. Watch yes, yeah. I will too. Uh, yeah, we'll be back with the final scene of Parasite. See you later. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. Did you like it? Did you like that? Did I like it? I loved it. I, I had no idea you could milk a cat. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs>